Chat live celebrating another year here. Yes, at Cowboy Christmas. Today's guests include varying levels of sobriety, as with our hosts, Josh Hambone Hilton. Hello. Hello. Justin Rumford. Yeah, yeah. What you know. Ah, thank you, Mr. Jacob. Showtime on the second floor. Coming your way. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is day four, and um, as I'm walking out of the hotel this morning to go to our 8 a.m. production meeting, and you see all these happy faces rolling their suitcases in, checking in their rooms, and they're so pumped because they're in Vegas. The magic is still there. And I just want to say, shut up. Quit smiling. Quit having fun. Are you grouchy bear today? (laughs) I was a little bit. Those tall... Pendletons I was having last night were knocking on my door. Well, it is it's turnaround day number one of the NFR because yep wave, figured, wave two wave, wave two, of, two. Uh, of the fans are in here. We're we're glad they're here. Yeah, so wave number one Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going home on Sunday. Now we have the Sunday crowd that's going to be out here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, leaving Wednesday, and then the last weekend crowd. Uh, my friends, my best friends from home. Jeff and Sheridan are out coming out today. They're flying on a plane right now. They have never been to Las Vegas. They were in their 30s, and they've never been. And Je- Jeff came to <clears throat> San Angelo and got hammered by the time he got to San Angelo. I can't imagine him in Vegas. <laughs> well, there, I feel like that next year before uh, the NFR, we should do a rump chat uh, video on how to survive Las Vegas, okay? Just because it's acceptable to drink in the morning. Yes. Doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> the yeah. Gut. But if you know how to handle it, like some of us veterans here, there was a guy last night at the, uh, the Mirage that um, he had so much fun and he enjoyed um, the Josh Abbott band so much that he said, my day couldn't get any better, so I'm just going to lay down right here <laughs> in the bar and go to sleep. <laughs> Turns out, there's a lot of things you can do in Vegas, okay? You can uh, have an escort delivered to your room in under 20 minutes. You can buy recreational marijuana. You can go to a brothel. But if you fall asleep in a casino, your ass is in trouble, okay? <laughs> they will throw you out. Yeah. And, uh, and, when, and they were very polite when they, but they picked him up, and uh, he didn't get to come back. So, uh, yeah, Vegas, we're back. This day, the Sunday, the, is this Memorial Night it, is it is Memorial Night, yeah. So this is one of my, my better openings, and um, I always enjoy the, in a, in a weird way, you know. It's, it's sad because it's Memorial Night, but I remember when, in 1998, when my grandpa Floyd was uh, on for Memorial Night. That was back when they used to do big, big everything. They dropped the steeple out of the ceiling of the Thomas and Mac. <coughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you all remember that. They dropped the steeple, and then they had... Uh, the fog on the floor, and then Tallman was in a white tuxedo. <laughs> and Tallman, they, they said not to give him a microphone. 
They give him free reign, and Tallman walked out when that steeple dropped out of the ceiling. There was people crying that didn't even know anybody there. Like, Tallman was so good on Memorial Night. It was. He, he just, the, the biggest, baddest cat ever. The meanest, he can make Will Loomis cry. <laughs> even though Will Loomis is a big baby. That's Will Loomis. Oh, gee, just just checking this here. But, you know, like the, the Memorial Night's yeah, great. To, Tallman's Memorial, those are. To keep up on the people that have come and gone in rodeo. Yeah, now, and, you know, I get it. And he came back a few years ago. Boyd had him, had him do that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Then, and that was great. It was great to hear his voice uh, in that arena again. But a good show last night. The stage went up. That was good. So um, the lights came back on. The lights came back on. Everything was, everything was good. But. Well, let's. Uh, Wait, we can get... I put out one more disclaimer before yeah. we move on? For everybody listening at home, uh, if you wonder about the ground and the Thomas and Mac, okay, if you have any questions on the ground, listen to the rump chat with Boyd Paul Hamas talking about the ground. The ground in this building is the same ground that they've always had. It has checked in how many spots? I don't know. It, it's, it's they. Yeah, they they measure the moisture and all this stuff. They, they, they test it constantly. So every few hours, the arena is tested. So the arena condition today is the same as it was yesterday as the same it was a year ago. The moisture content, they check the temperature of the dirt. And, uh, you know, we, we do our Facebook uh, deal where we find out what people are complaining about. And one of my biggest fans in the world who just loves me like a son, and thinks I'm great. Byron Walker has <laughs> been all about that. Oh, that ground sucks. And then, like, people that don't know are like, yeah, where'd they get that dirt, the parking lot of the casino? It's the same dirt. It's the same. Like, I, I'm all for, for safety, but the thing about it is the dirt is is good. It's, they don't, they're not slipping on the dirt. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, they're, they're, they're raking after every run. I mean, anyway. Yeah, that's, that's a whole, whole other, other thing. thing. Screw that. Moving we went on, on to bore people with dirt talk. Dirt dirty talk. talk, yes. Dirt talk, no. Talk, so talk dirty to me, poison. Think okay. About that. Yeah. Well, let's bring up our first guest. It's uh, saw him the other night and was honored that uh, he he agreed to come on our show because uh, we're big bulldogging fans. Um, as two former bulldoggers, well, I mean, I was in high school. I was really good. I was. <laughs> I've actually beat this guy at uh, Burwell, Nebraska. <laughs> oh uh, no! Hill City, Kansas. I've beat him uh, at Dodge City in '99, round number two. I was three five. <laughs> he was three seven. Not a big deal. Actually, I've beat. If I had a dollar for every time that I've beat our guest in steer and I'd have nine dollars. Oh, okay. I, I would like to see the paperwork on that. Nine dollars—that's enough to buy a half of a drink at the Thomas and Mac. Yes. Okay. Well, let's bring him up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's honor to introduce our first guest, Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, four-time World Champion steer wrestler, Mr. Oat Berry. Yes, he comes in this first chair here, Oat. Grab you a cold beer if you want one. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. I tell you what, I got to tell you a funny story on Oat before we get started. Uh, I've known Oat my whole life. Um, he was a—he always came to the Rumford Rodeos, being the Prairie Circuit back in the day. But even lately, we were in Burwell, Nebraska, and uh, 
he was the parade marshal, the grand marshal of the parade. But for some reason, um, I was in the truck in front of him, and we were in the middle of Burwell, Nebraska. And I'm standing in the back of the truck, and Oak walks up behind me and pulls my pants down right in the middle. <laughs> and I, I spun around, and I'm like, I'm going to punch the who. Never mind. I'm not going to punch Oak Berry, but we're so glad to have you on here. World champ, 85, 91, 90, and 95. That's right. And you did that all in skin-tight khaki pants. <laughs> Well, Wrangler was a sponsor back then, and, and uh, we wore the Shakota-style shirts and the, and the khaki pants. That, uh, that was kind of the supposedly the style of the day, and, and we wore what they sent us. That's right. You know, I kind of miss the old days a little bit watching, because, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, of rodeo, and, and a lot of times when the Cowboy Channel shows the, like the, the old NFRs from the from the 85 and 86. It's so different now when you think of production. Back in 85 and 86, when, when y'all first started coming here to Bulldog, it was like slack. There's just random people sitting on the back of the chutes, you know? And uh, there wasn't no arena wrap. They just had like those red, white, and blue. Uh, the pennants or whatever they were. Yeah. Talk, when you first came here in 1985, how, how awesome was the first year NFR experience because the thing is, when you came here in 85, it wasn't like, you know, you're, you're trying to make it to Vegas. This is the very first year. Right. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't know what to expect when we came here the first year as far as, uh, you know, we heard horror stories on how small the arena was. It was on a basketball court. And, and it really was probably the smallest arena any of us had ever been in. And, and I tell people, I said, you could have shot a shotgun up there in the, in the upper deck and probably not hit two or three people. I mean, they claimed it was sold out, and, and it was, I guess, but uh, I, I think a lot of the tickets were bought up by the casinos and then, you know, maybe given away to, to some of their guests, but, you know, there, there wasn't a, a big crowd in them first first year or two or three that they, they had it here, and then it grew, and, of course, now it's, it's amazing, the crowds and everything here. But, but yeah, the first years it was laid back and, and uh, you know, even back there where we rode and warm up, you know, I mean, people off the street basically could come up and, and come in, talk to you. You know, it's, it, there was not much security back then. I guess there was for the building part, but, but outside, you know, people come down to your stalls, people come up and, you know, and of course that's all changed, I guess, maybe for the better. I, I'm not sure if it's for the better or not. But Yeah, if you get within like 10 foot of anybody now, you will be tasered at the Thompson Mac. <laughs> you know, and... and the, the part about it, I was talking to uh, Hunter Keir the other night, and uh, we was talking about we was sitting there watching him run the extras, and he said uh, some guy one year running the extras in a calf roping got fined more than he got paid for running the extras. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They're, they're fined the guys that run the extras? And so, oh, yeah, it's just like – and I said, you know, I, I came here 14 times. I never got a fine once. And he said – that's crazy," he said. "I've never been here when I haven't got at least one, if not two or three. There, you know. So th that part of it, I think they've kind of gone overboard. You know, it's I agree. More, more kicked back in the day, you know, and and now, you know, when when we used to compete, there was a moat on the side of the arena, and as soon as we was done, we'd get back in there and, and go in, stand in the moat right next to the arena, got our arms through the arena, you know, and watching it and 
like you said, there was there was people everywhere, and now, man, you're done. It's kind of like the guy that fell asleep in the casino. They escort you out of there pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. You, you get fined if you don't if you don't leave the arena. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, how about around three point five? Get your ass out of here. <laughs> your time is over. But you know the one other the one other thing that uh, that from the the '80s videos, uh, the sponsorships weren't today. There was nobody. Rob Juker never had nothing on his shirt you know no uh no. you guys all <laughs> the only thing you could tell on the the bulldog and shirts back in the day was every one of you guys had a snuff can in your front pocket like <laughs> everybody did john w jones all the bad cats from back in the day uh that those were great great matches in the bulldog and back then yeah i think uh i think i was fortunate lucky enough to rodeo in the, in the very best time of rodeo when the before all the limits on the rodeos and, uh, you know, lots of numbers at all the big winter rodeos, lots of contestants, prize money was good, uh, you know, and, and the competition. When you'd go to Caldwell, Idaho and, and have 180 Bulldoggers and start slack and, you know, you'd still be going 7, 8 o'clock the next morning from the night before, you know, and there was just a lot of competition. The competition was stiff and tough and, and you know, not not saying that uh, it's not these days, but uh, but when you go to a Denver or a Fort Worth, San Antonio, and only have to beat 20 or 30 or 40 guys, whatever the limits are, you know, and, and we was running at 200, 210 at all of those, and you know, and and the contestants' entry fees was was making up the big purses, and so we run at good money and and had a lot of competition, and uh, I know uh, guys now they look at it a little different, but. Uh, we looked at it like, hey, the more the merrier. Well, and I was looking at your, your numbers. Uh, in 95, you won almost $96,000 rodeoing. So when you, when you kind of do the math, I, I feel like that back, back then when you figure what a Dodge truck cost, what a trailer cost. Gallon of there was a, diesel. We, we walked around some of these trailers. There's a trailer here for sale for $300,000. Um, so as far as like making money, I really feel like back in, in your day of rodeoing, you guys actually made more money than, than these guys are making now with actually more added money. Yeah, the, the first year in 1985 that we came here, the go-arounds paid $8,080. And that was double from what they'd paid the year before in Oklahoma City. And, you know... Average paid seventeen thousand five hundred. I left here with thirty-five or thirty-six thousand, and and went home and and bought the fanciest, nicest truck from uh, Bailey Motors in Okmulgee for fifteen thousand dollars. And I mean, had money left over, you know. And and now, and like you said, trailers one hundred and fifty to three, four hundred thousand, and and if you just buy a nice pickup, it's eighty to ninety thousand, you yeah. know. Let alone some of these uh, Freightliners or Peterbilts and stuff that they're driving. So, yeah, it's more expensive now. You have to win a lot more. The money is a lot better now, but I think our dollar went maybe a little further. And, and, uh, and back then, too, what people don't realize, it paid four monies in a go-around, six in the average, where now it's six in the round, eight in the average. So it's maybe a little easier to get more money here now. And, and, and when you got to go against the top 15 every night and they only pay four monies, it, it was tough. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think bulldogging is the one event that hasn't changed the most overall. If you look at the bareback riding and the bronc riding, 
the bull riding, uh, obviously the, the horses and bulls have, have changed a lot. Um, the breedings brought in a lot of new stuff. You know, back in the, uh, when Paul Tierney won the calf roping here, they were roping Herefords. And have you seen the balls on those bucking machines right there? I've seen a picture of Paul Tierney flanking a Hereford, and this calf's nuts are just rolling over his leg because that dude weighed as much as a bulldog and steer. But, like, the bulldog hasn't necessarily changed. I think that's the least changed event. This, you're talking about, like, as far as the cattle? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a little bit smaller, but as, as far as a, as a whole, I, I think it's, you know, it's a different class because back in your day, uh, oh, it was the bigger dudes. There was, you know, like Brian Fields, he was, he was the, one of the skinnier guys back then. But when you think about Duhon and, and uh, Bob Loomis, and, I mean, it was, the, it was the big boys. Even Mickey G, you know, world champ in 99, where today we have Kyle Irwin, who's the size of my ankle, and uh, <laughs> Wag, who built Tim, like Timmy Sparing. Timmy Sparing, who's seven foot tall and weighs 43 pounds. Uh, <laughs> it's a different group of dudes. Yeah, we talked about that the other night. I think this, the cattle have gotten a little bit smaller. Uh, there's such a demand for them. They, they're selling them younger and younger out of Mexico, so, so they are a little bit smaller. But uh, I tell you what's changed a lot is the, what people don't realize is the, the setups and the shoots. And we got uh, Prefort's a great arena, great shoot now, you know, and has a nice V-gate on it. And, and, you know, where they pin the barrier cattle's head are probably six, eight inches past that, where the old days, you know, you'd pull into some rodeo with had a flat gate, you know, you, you might have to jerk a lever this way to, to take the lock or the brake off of it and then push it out, and, and so that's one thing that's changed, that, uh, that they've kind of standardized some of the shoots and, and some of the rules for that, and it's made the starts a lot quicker. They've taken a lot of the scoring out of it, which, you know, they've always said, you know, oh, this, this arena is too small to run fresh cattle, but we run fresh cattle here in 95 and, and probably the best finals I ever had. So, I mean, you had to sit there and score, let them move, and, you know, that, that fit my style a little bit more. But, but I knew it wasn't always going to be like that, so I tried to adapt and adjust. And, and I think uh, most people that, uh, that win, they have to do that. You know, uh, uh, Luke Branquino win five world championships in this building, but uh, – but if you take it and put it out at Salinas or somewhere like that, he can, he can go handle that as well. And, and I think all the greats and the champions can do that. And, and you adjust and fit. You know, we practiced for two or three weeks before we came out here in 85. We went to a building at Vianne, Oklahoma, that was probably the smallest building that we could find because we, did, we, we didn't know what to expect out here. So we practiced there, and, and the first week, I've got an old VCR tape somewhere I need to find and put it on disc. But Rod Lyman, myself, Ricky Huddleston, Roy Duval, we tried to practice catching steers basically when they come out of the chute. And that first week we looked like we hit the ground so much, <laughs> we looked like idiots, you know. And, but we, we kept going back there and kept practicing. And by the time we got done, I mean, we tried to prepare for this. It was kind of an unknown. But, but uh, when we came out here and one of the – Facts, I guess I'm real proud of. There was four of us that came out here together and rode uh, either Bill or Roy Duval's horses. And the total payoff that year in the steer wrestling 
all the go-around average money was 262000 and the four of us went 131000 So we went a half wow. of it. Wow. So that was, I thought that was pretty cool. That, that is, is cool. gangster <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's how Bulldoggers roll, though. Like, I've, Bulldoggers are so different in, in a lot of ways. But the, I put up a meme. It says a, it had a picture of a, a brand-new Ford pickup with a bloomer and shined up and beautiful. And it said, uh, one, one calf roper going over the 4th of July with his girlfriend and a dog. And then the next picture was a beat-up old truck with, like, a 40-foot trailer with 10-foot of hay stacked on top. And it says, eight steer wrestlers going every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like, steer wrestlers don't give a shit about being fancy. Like, as many people as you get in a truck. And back when you guys, you didn't have big bloomer trailers. You didn't have side-outs. You guys had campers with bumper pulls. We had a Capri camper with a bumper pull. And, and some of the campers we had weren't the fancy tall ones with the showers. They were just the beds. And so... I think in 1986, there was 13 of us that all entered together, and uh, we'd put eight in one rig and, and five in another. Jeez. I want I want a, a single cab truck in '85 from Dodge for uh, for winning the world, and I put a shell camper on it, and and five of us rodeoed in it all year. Followed the followed Roy Duval's truck bumper pull with a camper and a four horse trailer, and we had two teams of horses, and there was 13 of us went basically all year long that is the coolest shit ever right there but man it was fun we had fun when we, when we got to the when we got to the rodeos you know in the winter rodeos and you stayed then you know four five six days you know you wasn't it wasn't a lot of them weren't back to back and you know run this group and get them out of there you know you might be there for a week 10 days and mm -hmm. you know we'd go bowling we'd go golfing we you know we we entertained ourselves and you know, some of the guys went to the bar, not me, but the, nah, well, some you, of the you, guys never. You got to rodeo in the days with Alfalfa Federson. Uh, I rodeoed the same time as Alfalfa <laughs> Federson. Don't don't uh, don't put me in the truck with him. Uh, you no. never got to roll with Al. <laughs> Actually, I did. I went I went to uh, Calgary a time or two with them and and rode catfish up there. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Them, that guy was uh, you know probably had one of the greatest horses in history and. And uh, colorful guy, you know, had, <laughs> colorful. had a lot of extracurricular. I would, uh, I would what was some of his sayings he'd say when you're riding in the box? He he would uh, take his bat and he'd just whack you with it hard. And he'd go, he'd say something like, "Stick him on their hips, pork chop lips." <laughs> <laughs> or like he would come up to me like uh, he he hates me at Fort Worth one year, and then that's when he had uh, a Duddles rig, and we went to from is me and Blake Miniman and couple other people and we went from there to denver and you know getting ready to ride in the box and he'd be like hey rip his horns off we'll bring it back and have a bear out of him <laughs> uh, he says some weird shit like that all the time he would uh, he would definitely get you pumped up if you was rodeoing with him and though, and when Al when alfalfa would haze for you he would hang off his horse where he is this far from your face <laughs> encouraging you to make a good run yeah he would he would get down the hole with you and, and talk you through it and and tell you what you should be doing Alf told me that he made over a million dollars amount of money off catfish. Do you think that's true? Wouldn't surprise me. That was one of the greatest horses that, that ever that ever went down the road. And and you know, I, I'm not to, I'm not going to disclaim anybody, but I know they won a ton of money off that horse. And and you know, back back then, the mount horses, the mount money, and you know, the the Cadillacs of Bill Duvall's and catfish of Alfalfa's, Charger of Tommy Combs's, and. You know, them guys would go to them rodeos, and they would go to Denver, and 
basically set up shop, you know. And when, that was one of the things that's so different now. If you don't have a horse lined up now when you go to the rodeo, you may not be able to get on. They may let you sit there and turn out. So, But when I first started, I hitchhiked to that first winter that I rodeoed. I hitchhiked from Rapid City, South Dakota to San Antonio, Texas, and knew when I got there, if I got there, and I, I did. I, I caught rides with two different uh, one guy got me all the way to Dallas and, and, and dropped me off at the airport, and, and then I got a ride from Dallas to, to San Antonio. And, and uh, I'm a young kid with everything I own in a, in a suitcase, but I knew once I could find the, the building where the rodeo was at that I could get on a horse. And, and I think I did ride catfish that year and then started riding uh, Tommy Combs' horse. And, and what was so great is I'm just a kid that nobody's never heard of, and, and I can go get on the very best horse at the rodeo and and that's that them them guys were in business to do that and and it has changed so much but you know that was their livelihood they made as much money as or more than a lot of the cowboys they said uh i think it was joel edmondson told me of course joel edmondson 1982 world champion bulldog eureka kansas uh he told me one time at fort worth during the big slack that alf mounted 42 guys in the slack off off catfish 42. Well, I'm going to top that a little bit. Is that true? Like, factually true? Probably, but uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Roy Duval's horse, Whiskey, who they put into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Roy told me a story when he was a kid. He got turned down to ride a guy's horse. And he said it, it, he felt so bad that uh, if he ever had a horse of his own, he'd never turn anybody down. He mounted 67 guys one morning in the slack at Fort Worth. Holy cow. He one morning. One morning. Wow. Uh, after, after Fort Worth, they brought the horse home. He went out and he laid on the pond dam for like two days, and they hauled him feed and water. And uh, maybe the toughest horse that ever. He hauled that horse for nine years, never turned anybody down. Had 30-some runs at Cheyenne one year. Can you imagine I mean, wow. you don't want to put over three or four on a horse at Cheyenne. He puts 30 on him. Well, they were tougher I mean, back then, you know? Well, whiskey was, I think, half thoroughbred, made him, you know, maybe a little bit tougher than a normal horse. But uh, but some of the stories, you know, and back in Roy's day when, uh, you know, maybe before uh, he, he settled down, was a little wild, and, and he would haul that horse and, and may stop here in Vegas and, play cards at Binion's for a day or two when a horse stood out there in the trailer. It's <laughs> called bar breaking them. That's normal. <laughs> and, and go, but uh, probably one of my favorite stories about the horse, they match raced him out of the starting gates, jockey saddle a jockey at Albuquerque one year, 6 o'clock in the morning, on the track, match races him against another horse for, I think, 250 yards, and, and uh, they said he got beat by a nose, and if they had went 260 yards, he'd have won by a length. That horse really came on late, but they take the jockey saddle off of him, throw the bulldog and saddle on him. Had twenty or thirty some runs in the slack that morning. Good lord! So you know, probably the toughest horse that's maybe ever been down the road. I don't know if if anybody listened to this rump chat today. Uh, if you've never got a chance to meet Roy Duval, what a cool guy! I mean, his stories, his jackpots, uh, and I feel like I'm I'm fortunate enough. Here that, we go. Know that I got to be around and hold the record at Duval's jackpot. When there it, it is. But when the Duval's <laughs> when the Duval's jackpot was outside, it literally it was a party. 
I remember when we got done with the Bulldog and Jackpot one night. I went back and went to sleep, and I got back at 8 o'clock in the morning. There was probably 45 people that never left. They literally stayed up all night shooting dice, hanging out. Like the jackpot there, they brought the, the bleachers in the arena. So you are literally sitting. There's just a lane, not even a big lane, but it kind of worked out because your steer could not go right or left without being in the stands. And, uh, and I got to watch Roy run his last steer there. And then they got that steer mounted for Roy when he passed away. So, but Roy Duval, I said, uh, Roy, I want to know a question about rodeo. And he said, yeah, whatever you need, you know, whatever you need, son. I said, what is the biggest difference between steer wrestlers from your day versus steer wrestlers from nowadays? And he said, there's the biggest difference in rodeo contestants and from his day to now is two things, lawn chairs and awnings. If you have time to sit in front of your trailer in a lawn chair, or if you have time to put out an awning, you ain't rodeoing hard enough. <laughs> that, that guy had, uh, he probably taught me more by not saying anything, but I learned more from him just by his actions. And, and he was fun to rodeo with, probably the best attitude of anybody that I'd ever been around. And, and uh, quick story is, I seen him mess a steer up one time and like a steer that was famous that everybody had run him and and uh, I said something and, and Roy when you got back to the truck he didn't mope around he didn't have his head down he wasn't you know he didn't kick his horse in the belly or uh, he, he was the same whether he, you couldn't tell if he won first or last and and I was bad not to be able to control my emotions out and especially when I was younger when I messed up it, it eat on me bad and and I asked him one time, and he's like, hey, he said, I'm so proud and lucky to get to do what I love. And he said, I can't wait to run my next year. Whether I just win first and I'm confident or whether I just mess the best one on him up, uh, I can't wait to run that next one because I'm either confident or I'm going to take it out on that one. I'm going to use my frustration. And he said, but and there, there's nothing we can do to change what just happened. He said, we can think about it and be mad and... and but he said, why let your emotion and your, and your mental part of it take control? And he said, we can't go back and change it, but we can learn from it and go. And, gosh, I still had a hard time doing that. And so, uh, so I was trying to figure out a way how to control. And, and uh, it was just him and I one time, and we left somewhere from a Rumford Rodeo probably or a Burwell or a or uh, Hill City, Kansas, or... Where I beat you, not a big deal. Yeah, or a, <laughs> Col or a Colby. You must have broke the barrier. And I messed up, and, and we're out in the middle of the country, nobody around, nobody could see me, and I'm wondering how to let this go. And so what I did is I roll my window down, and I stick half my body out, and I scream uh, explicitive as loud <laughs> as I can. Shoot <laughs> Heart, you know... And I just screamed it, and Roy, he kind of jumped, and he looked at me, and he went to laughing, and I'm like, okay, now I can let it go. I, I've got that out of my system. And, and, you know, he didn't tell me to do that, but, but why watching him and just say, hey, you, you can't change it. But Yeah, winners, winners find a way to win. So, so, yeah, so when I would mess up or we'd leave somewhere, and when, when uh, he seen me start rolling my window down, he would start laughing before I ever did it because he knew what was coming, and I'd, I'd roll the window down and holler my – curse word out loud and and uh, 
roll my window back up, and he'd laugh, and he'd say, okay, now let's go take it out on the next one, and let's, you know, we got to do what we love for for 20 years, you know, and made a great living at it, and, and that guy taught me more just by, you know, his actions than, you know, Roy was a, a a man of few words as far as teaching, but uh, you could learn so much from him just by watching him. he wouldn't listen to the radio when he rodeoed. I don't either. You don't listen to the radio? Get the hell off the stage. Okay. <laughs> right. you How do you do to, that? You, you got to listen to your truck and Poor trailer shit. And, you know, and you know, pay attention and watch your, you know. When you buy a truck like you did from Mike Bailey Motors in three lo- convenient locations across the state of Oklahoma, <laughs> with Mike Bailey Motors, you never have to rope a good deal, though. Did you know that? <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. Even though I did beat you at small rodeos, I want to <laughs> champion Oatberry, Salinas, Cheyenne, Deadwood, Fort Worth, Cow Palace, Guyman, Denver, Red Bluff, Reno, San Antonio, Pecos. Yeah, I, I was fortunate. I rodeoed long enough. I think I won pretty much every major rodeo at least once. The one that was on my bucket list that I wanted to win. And it's a big rodeo again now. It was a big rodeo in the past, but for years, a lot of the steer wrestlers kind of boycotted it, was, was Pendleton. It's an iconic rodeo on the grass, really hard on your knees, ankles, shins. Lower uh, back, upper back, my, elbows, my fingers. My ankles and shins uh, still remind me that that's probably, you know, when they're aching when I walk around here on this cement. And it's probably from a lot of my runs at Pendleton. But I, I, went, into the, I went into the short round at Pendleton four different times in the lead and never came out with a championship. And that one really, really bugged me and eat at me. And still to this day, I... So do you, even, the, even though it's been a while since you've been there, do you ever think about... How you didn't win Pendleton, you just go ahead and roll the window down now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking about it now when I get off stage. Well, I'm you probably go. you, you got your gold card, don't you? Well, you know. What Miss Kendra, get him, get him back in the gym. Let's get one more time. Well, you know, one of my other favorite oat stories was, I don't know if you even remember this, but Hinton, Oklahoma one year, we're at Slack, and uh, I, I was riding my the horse that I made the – that beats Dr. Graves on in 2001 in the Central Plains region. I barely remember it, but uh, I was riding my horse Mango, and, and he was kind of getting bad in the box. And so I asked Oat, I was like, hey, uh, this dude's been spinning out the box. Would you mind helping me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told you this before. Oat runs his steer, and this steer sets up and hits him in the mouth, and he's kind of pissed, and, and I'm very next. And, uh, <laughs> and he comes walking back, and, and uh, this horse goes to spin around, and Oat grabs this horse by, like, the cinch and the ass and picks me and the horse up halfway and shoves him in the corner and goes, nod. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, not, not exactly, but I have helped a lot of guys in the box. I still help these kids in the box. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of you uh, steer wrestling these. Yeah, the Oatberry Junior, uh, junior World is a huge deal, and yeah. giving back to the, the – the saddles and stuff you give away are, are amazing, but you, you're staying, uh, you're, you're staying in, the, in the, this event of, of steer wrestling and pushing Help, the youth. It's the, awesome. Yeah, helping the youth, that's outstanding. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great deal for uh, 18 and under kids. We started it in 2017, and I want to thank uh, you know, Las Vegas events and give us the opportunity to showcase uh, these kids out here. We start next Tuesday through Saturday. We bring 45 of the, of the top steer wrestlers. We have a tour all year, all year long, and, and uh, 
and yeah, and so we had 30 events this year, all like 14 different states, and and I think I've got kids from 16 different states that are coming here next week, and and uh, but I go to I love to go into them as those events and and the Duval jackpots and them, and then they have these youth events, and and I try to get in the box and and help as many kids and and uh, yeah, I, I still do that. I try to you know. Help them push well, their horse in the corner. Well, and you, I've lost like 86 toenails in the last <laughs> six years, and, and from getting, uh, yeah, that'll get, that'll happen. But you know, uh, I think it's so cool. Before we let you go, I, oh. this is one of the hard questions that you got to answer. Looking back, if you could get in a time machine right now and go back to 1985 and talk to 1985 Oakberry to give him some rodeo advice, what would you tell your younger self? Man, that's tough. Uh, just stay the course. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't have many regrets. Probably, uh, you know, stay in better shape. That's tough for a bulldogger to do. Word. And, we get uh, it. <laughs> and, you know, the injuries uh, kind of cut my career short. I had, a, I had back surgery. I had elbow surgery. I had shoulder surgery. Uh, when I did finally decide to uh, retire, I had a horse fall on me, tore my left knee, my MCL's torn in two to this day, and and probably gonna have to get a new knee. So I guess if if it would be anything, is uh, just maybe get in the gym, stay a little bit of shape. I think we took it maybe more serious than than the generation before us because the money got better, and and even now I think. There's way better athletes now. Maybe not as good at cowboys per se, but yeah. but better athletes. And uh, you know, I had a guy tell me a couple of years ago. He said, you know, it used to be cowboys on cow horses, and now it's athletes on racehorses. And you know, kind of you step back and look, you know, and that that might make a little bit of sense. And and uh, you know, it's these guys are so athletic, and and you know where. In my day, you know, we went and ranched on our horse all day and, and, and then threw him in the trailer and went to practice or went to rodeo or roping or bulldogging or whatever you did. And now these horses are so specialized and, and so high dollar, like you said, the rigs, the horses, and everything is. Uh, I, I, I wish one time I could have rode just a, a, a badass bulldogging horse. Just I, just did, I, I just did high school and a little bit in amateur afterwards. I was never very good. But um, my practice pen was, I'm from Sydney, Iowa. So that was my practice pen. It was a 360-foot-long by 280-foot-wide arena. You're out. And when you're halfway down Sydney's pen, your powder gets a little damp going that fast. And, uh, but anyway, but I never had that, you know, blow you out of the back of the seat horse and experience, and it would have been neat one time to ride something like that. It's not too late, Hambo. Oh, yeah, it is. Hey, and, and that's another uh, subject for another day, another show, is uh, we could do a whole show on Sydney, Iowa. Oh my God! Can we please that uh, that rodeo? Hey, was, oh, hold was on! So fun. Let him finish his. I want to invite you to the 100th oh, anniversary yeah. of the Sydney Iowa. Next year is the 100th anniversary of Sydney's uh, Iowa's Championship Rodeo. A bunch of the guys are coming back for the 100th. We would love to have you come back to Sydney. We're going to talk and see and what it's going to take to get you there. Everybody's coming back. It's going to be a huge, huge rodeo. One of the most iconic rodeos in the Midwest. Miss, I would parade Grand Marshal right there. Oh my there. God, Miss Kendra, can we? We I'll get with you. We got to schedule him. Okay, you know. one more hard question, and you can go because you told me you want to leave around noon. It's twelve ten. 
Who would win in a fight? <laughs> okay, now you got to, don't Rodeo Queen answer this. You got to answer this. Who would win in a fight, Clayton Haas or Will Loomis? Oh, Will Loomis at Killy. What? Uh, where is he? I think he left, actually. Where's oh, he Will? did. Yep. Yeah, Clayton's a sissy. <laughs> no. no. How about a round of applause for the last time you see Oatberry, everybody? <laughs> well, no, you know what? No, Clayton, no, Clayton's a good guy. They're both tough guys. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, man, no, no hey, one would hey, win. Hey, you look at, look at Will's head. How could you hurt him? You know? Oh, uh, that's true. How could you hurt him? Uh, well, it's, uh, we wish you had more time. We'll, we'll have you on again. I definitely want to talk more about Sydney because I love hearing those old stories. But um, what a... What an honor it is to have you on this stage, but uh, let's give it up to four-time world champion Thank and you. Hall of Famer, Oat Berry. All right, Oat, you yeah. can go to lunch now. Yeah. Time to eat. And, about my way. And, and, and for the record, you know, do you have any clippings or anything that proves that you was faster than me? Or is this, <laughs> no. this just from your mindset? No, it, it is in his head. It's no, I've, his head. I've got it. I've, I've got, well, I, I, I will text them to you. I can okay. prove it. All right. <coughs> I bet you do. Thanks, Hope. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, man. All right, now, uh, disclaimer. Yep, yeah. take that. boy. <laughs> you can there take will it. be no, I ain't going to argue. No, you can have it. I yeah. boy. That's for those bad bulldog knees right there. Thank you, Miss Kendra, for allowing him to come. We love him, Barry. <laughs> oh, now okay, we now. go from all that class to a little bit of trash. <laughs> Our next guest on Rump Chat had a bad go last year. He was worried he wasn't as entertaining as he needed to be. The two guys, therefore, he has not been to bed. The two guys we're about to introduce produced one of the best rodeos in Utah, which is our rodeo of the day, the Ogden Pioneer Days Rodeo. Brought to you by a company where the road goes on forever and the party never ends. Talking all things Ogden Pioneer Days. A great bunch of people. Welcome to stage from Smith Pro Rodeo, Cody Kidd and Riggin Smith. <laughs> Everybody cheer for these bastards. Y'all get your hands clapping, all right? Yeah, that's for him. He's not going to get you one. Get you in there. Get you a bear. Get you right. a bear. If you have young children around here, you guys might want to go check out some other attractions. Yeah. Um, we are not responsible for what's about to get said. Um, that, was, <sighs> that was the perfect walk-up song. Yes. Um, Jacob's going to help us with this because he's off, you know, very, he's in the, the Smith Pro Rodeo um, circle as well. Yeah. But um, and what a circle that is. I've been honored to be in that circle for a long time. Um, You've been up all night. Yes. Where did you go last night? Well, we first had to go to the South Point because I had to pick up that old round buckle. That's right. Bareback ride. No Jess Pope on Mr. Harry. That was good. That yeah, was awesome. Just, Kansas had a good day all around yesterday. Then we had this guy play there named Chancey Williams. He was here yesterday. It's, it's Sean Say. 
and that's why I stayed out all night. Did you? Uh, oh, hot mic. Yeah. Did, did you do the crowd surf last no, year? We did not. No, we did not. Last surf. year when when I went to the Chancey Williams concert, Chancey wants us to come up on stage. So I get up on stage and everybody's partying, dancing, and then all of a sudden I see this dude in the back room with no shirt on. He comes knocking people down and running to the front. He runs clear to the front and jumps on the stage, and it's Cody Kid. I mean, what do you else do you do? <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. It was so rock and roll of you to do that. I learned it from you. Well, I'm, I've never tried to crowd surf at a Chancey Williams concert, but, you know. It takes think, a lot of people to hold this up, by the way. Say, so if you're actually going to do it. I think y'all should. I think y'all should leave yeah, that It's going to take else. ten people. Reagan, are you kind of, do you have to kind of watch Cody during the NFR? What's your official... With Smith Pro Rodeo, are you the handler of Cody Kidd during the NFR? No, nor do I want to be. <laughs> it's the other way around. So, um, yes. kind of for those who may not know, uh, who these two, obviously, Reagan is the, the son of Stay Smith and carrying on the tradition of stock contracting and uh, amongst other things we'll get into that he's doing. And then Cody um, came up doing everything i mean obviously you know was uh, swiss army knife. did did music uh did it very well for a long time and uh announced a bikini bull riding here or there uh or a very good midnight folks. rodeo the probably the you are i would say you are the bob tallman of midnight rodeo announcing very good um and then went on Go to status. help manage uh, smith pro rodeos and yep. and uh amongst other businesses and you and your family into so that's how we all got together. I remember the first time I met Cody. Yep. Um, fresh out in Vegas, I was. Um, we went to uh, one of the suites in the South Point at a party. It was a Jack Daniels or some. Yeah, before Pendleton came yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, it was before Pendleton. And yeah, uh, we were upstairs at their suite. And and we weren't even invited. We weren't invited. But we invited ourselves. And we it happens <laughs> a lot. And we find out, you know. I do music this, and we just, we were, at, by the end of it, we're this close to each other's faces, screaming, and it's not even loud in there, we're just... We had a lot to drink, too. And screaming about how we're going to take over the world. We're going to take over the PRCA, is what we said we were going to do. And we've done it. And we've done it. <laughs> and as, as we said that, Carl Stressman walks by, remember? He did. And we went ahead and explained to Carl that we were going to take over the PRCA, <laughs> and we're still here. That. Awkward. He's not. But. <laughs> Write that down on paper. We're still here. Which is funny because I, had the, I worked uh, Amarillo this year for for uh, the Smiths, and uh, they were there, uh, him oh, and Aaron Egan. Aaron, yeah, Aaron. So we go to, I go to do the sound check, and I come rolling up, and there's Carl and uh, Aaron because they work in Amarillo for the AQHA. Yeah, shout out to AQHA. And I said, hey, anniversary, let's all hug. Nobody hugged me. So it's not They didn't good. really, they just said hi. Yeah, it wasn't the homecoming that I looked for. But um, Ogden Pioneer Days, John Harrison's been there for 38 years. Yep, still uh, there. Has a long-standing contract. I've, Nobody I, rush up here, clowns and barrel man. <laughs> if he leaves, this one's getting it. So. He is still there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love John to death. But I've, never, I've got to work great rodeos in Utah, okay? Lehigh, Nephi, Spanish Fork, uh, Moab <laughs> down south, uh, Beaver, Utah, Eagle Mountain, Utah, Provo. I have never got to go, but that's the rodeo of the day is Ogden. And the cool thing about Ogden, even though I've never seen it, with Stay Smith Rodeos, when he came on the, the scene, rodeo needed a jump start, you know. All the time on this podcast, we talk about 
you know, Mac Altizer and Bad Company Rodeo. I say he owes a lot. He'll and he'll tell you he'll take his hat off to Mac and them. Mac and them changed the changed the industry, and I think Stace is taking it further, but Mac changed it for sure. Yeah, and so Mac, you know, Mac for uh, we want to see him in the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. But when Smith Pro Rodeos come on the scene, it was like it, it was a resurgence to bringing back the party. It was yeah. it was bad to the bone again. Rock and rolling. I mean, and go back to Ogden Pioneer days is that, hey, rodeo fans are great. I mean, we're, we're thankful to be able to come to this city, and you can't go anywhere without knowing that there's rodeo in town, and everybody knows it here, and that's the coolest thing. But go to uh, Utah. Uh, we go there five nights, 10,000 people nights in the stands. And I'll tell you, they are – I mean, and, hey, I'm from Texas, and, and we love our rodeo crowds everywhere we go, but the most passionate people about rodeo – and hey, they they sometimes care who's backs in the box, but they're they're there to be entertained. Yep, and that's that's huge in our industry. They want to be entertained, and they ten thousand strong every night, and it's and it's, it's that nuts. way up and down. Yeah, I fifteen. I mean, yeah. it is nuts how, yeah. I mean, how. Hey, there's a great group of guys over there signing autographs and 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 going to rodeos, and and we're grateful for them. But them fans that come out, they want to be entertained, and it's 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 it's. It's a different world. Well, when you guys pull up and your trailer says, uh, <laughs> the party never ends. Road goes on forever and that, the party never ends. You guys believe in that because these guys like, and, and that's what's so cool, they like to have fun. Yeah. Do, you know, do a good job, but also have fun. Dad, I heard you say the party never ends. He's blowing our phones Yeah, up he's right calling now. us right oh, now, no. by the way. So <laughs> he don't even know how to operate a phone. He was sensing it. Yeah. <laughs> what was, Reagan, I got to ask you, because you're 20 one now three 23 yeah oh my god you were just the baby what was that like growing up you know when you were little and and your dad is taking over the prca and and just rocking and rolling man it was really awesome the deal was though i was always playing sports so i he never let me like get into it until just now until i graduated and stuff so i was always having to play baseball football and everything but yeah no i loved it forever love bucking horses like and now now you're getting you're getting kind of to take over a little bit, of that, huh? It's going a lot. It's a lot at once because you got him yelling at you about production every day, and then you got Dad yelling about you, uh, yelling at you for stock and everything. We don't so yell. Do we yell at you? Bullshit. You do yell. Bullshit. I, I hey, maybe we do yell. <laughs> you, you yell. Sorry, but it's Sunday too. There's nobody that Cody kid yells at more than Stretch. Yeah. Cell phone. No cell phone. I, I stretch. Stretch. <laughs> And, uh, Sorry, stretch, stretch, if you're listening. I love uh, Pull your head out of your ass. No, sometimes. no. Stretch is the man. No, he is. He's great. He's he, the man, but I just, really I have seen, I've seen you just melt Everybody down. out here trying to figure out who Stretch is. Stretch is another music director, a great music director. Yeah, uh, top five. And uh, seven foot tall. That, yeah. Hence the name. Hence the name, Stretch. Uh, you will see him selling uh, T-shirts at Cody Johnson concerts. Kojo. Speaking of which, if you want a Rump Chat T-shirt, they're for sale over oh, there. Oh, yeah. Right over there. Oh, Y'all Jesse. have any three X's? No, we like no, to keep them tight. All the three X's go to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I've kind of robbed the boxes of that. Do you ever – all right, is it just me? You know where I'm going with this, don't you? I am flat pissed when I go shopping. No. I know I'm big. My wife tells me I'm big. But you cannot find a 3X T-shirt in a store no more. 3X is like a large. What the hell, people? Cinch does. Thank you, Cinch. You know, I like a special order. Not this. I got this at a concert. This Looks is a like it. Yeah. Couldn't tell. 
It's, <laughs> you're right about that. Big guys unite. Yeah, well, you guys have- that's the first hair in my ass this morning. The second one is, do you feel like when you get on an Uber out here, like it's like a draw for the rodeo? Uh-huh. For stock? We drew bad on the way here. We drew bad here. Well, give them a one star. Like a straight up re-ride. What, what happened that made your Uber so bad? Well, to start, he didn't speak English. He don't speak English. It's nothing, to... nothing against nothing with that. But if you're going to drive, need directions, you might need to speak English. Yeah. And we wanted to stop at McDonald's, but he wasn't getting it. <laughs> I know this is going to surprise you, but we pounded two double cheeseburgers before we got up here, <laughs> and maybe had a few drinks. Maybe oh, you would never. think that no matter what language you speak, McDonald's would be the universal sign of. Let's get something to eat. Yeah. We got a guy that drives for us out here. It's Felix, where we live. he's awesome. He's drove for us for like eight years. But Felix stays out late with us, <laughs> so you feel bad about waking Felix up in the morning. Felix is about six foot And he's really, he's eight, really scary. Six foot nine. Really, really scary. And 275 pounds easily and ball-headed and wears a bunch of chain necklaces. Huh. Maybe in the mafia. Could be in the mafia. <laughs> But at least you feel safe. So we don't want to wake him up in the morning. So we get an Uber. And it's like a draw. You don't know. I mean, it's like where they're coming from. Like, please get here on time, and please get us to our destination safely. We really figured y'all were going to send a car for us. Yeah, we were out front with a car. No, no that's Flint. He's coming. downstairs. Uh, yeah, you, you know with Rump Chat, we don't put that much effort into anything. Really. You're like, we've got cold beer. <laughs> I'm excited. Last year we took a shot, but we couldn't because Oates stole the bottle of Pendleton. Oh, no, we have more. We might Ooh. have to get in the back and get that bottle. Thank you, Jacob. Are oh, good? we really going to? Okay. <laughs> you said it. it um, so let's talk more about, like, Ogden. Yeah. Um, Since that's the rodeo of the day, Ogden Since Pioneer. Since that's the rodeo of the day, Ogden Kicking Pioneer. Kicking tires, lots of fires. Who am I going to? That is part of, uh, that's Roger. Roger Mooney, the great announcer. Been right? there for 10, 10, 12 years. Yep. And um, um, what was I going with this? Oh, Ogden, it's part of that, that week of rodeo is the richest week, I believe, of the year. Yeah, that's what, I mean, hey, nothing against the July 4th run. There's more money paid out during that week of Ogden. And now Salt Lake's back in the in the game. Spanish the, Fork. Spanish Fork. Cheyenne. Nampa. Then Cheyenne, Nampa. That whole entire week right there pays more money in that week than what it does for the July 4th run. But you can go rodeo somewhere three times a day during the 4th, but it pays it pays out more that week. Yeah. I mean, we're talking rodeos, you know, 25, 30, 30, 35,000 added. Yeah. Um, Aren't you guys uh, – oh, sorry, bud. No, no, that's fine. And and then during that, because you obviously are putting on – talk a little bit about this, putting on two gigantic rodeos at the same time, yeah. Ogden and then the daddy of them all, Cheyenne. Yeah. Tell us a little – I mean, what? how frustrating, crazy – He can tell you that. I stay at Ogden the whole time, and so they go to Cheyenne. They stay in Cheyenne. And then and me and Dad, will go to Cheyenne, and then we'll get on a plane that night, and whoever needs a ride from Cheyenne to Ogden, they all pile in, and we're like 12 deep. Yeah. We'll put 10 or 12 in that plane and fly guys back from Cheyenne to How many could – is 12 Ogden. the maximum limit, or – 12 is like – it seats 12 14. and rigging bags and saddles? Yeah. And, Just and we get bulldoggers and everybody in there, and it, it's weighted down. Heavy. I, it's I don't like think, it's but, like leaving like maybe overseas with a bunch of crates of cocaine that gets heavy to get off the. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but saying like get off the runway is what I'm saying. It's heavy. 
But kind of, kind of, what's some of the logistics like as far as stock and all that? I mean, walk our walk our listeners through kind of some of that that you have to get prepared for and do that. Yeah, that's it, a crazy, crazy two weeks. I can't imagine yeah. getting ready to leave Texas and have enough animals, enough drivers, enough equipment, and organizing all the other stock contractors. We have. We have had four rodeos going on that week at the same time. Monta Vista, Cheyenne, oh, yeah. Ogden, and Mesquite back in back at home. Wow. And Philadelphia. That one year that yeah, the year this we yeah, that was, we had five rodeos going on in five different states. But logistics wise, just for those two rodeos, if it wasn't for our subs, I mean Pete and them guys coming sub and Sammy and TJ TJ and Corco and you know, putting our subs together really, really I mean, Stace is kind of one of the guys that's Hey, let's make it as even as we possibly can. Let's bring in as many subs as we can. And he's always a firm believer in that. So what yeah, what back to you, Hamon, about logistics wise, it's a nightmare making sure that everything's set up, but if it wasn't for our subs, it's yeah, well, there's no way we could there's do no it. way that nobody could do it. I mean sure. we could do one. But and we don't even do Ogden, Utah. I mean, even we had it by ourselves for Cheyenne, we never did it by ourselves. I mean, you know, there's guys are in this industry that spend a ton of money and uh, we want the best horses we can possibly get at our events, and it costs a little bit of money to do that. But I think our events show for it, and, and especially there at Ogden, too, that it's you try to bring in the best set of subs you can bring in, and, and for 10,000 people, it's, un, it's unreal. Well, I got to, you know, when you talk about subbing out uh, for people listening at home or whatever, so when, he, when he's talking about subbing out, so no matter who has the rodeo, you bring in other people. So if it was, Rump Chat Rodeo Company, and we have Ogden. You know, we're, we're responsible for supplying the stock, but we can reach out to other contractors to bring the stock. And in this day and age, we're, we're getting shorter on bareback riders especially, but our rough stock, you know, our rough stock guys are kind of on the decline a little bit. Um, you know, they're not going to come unless they can get on the best stock they can. They're oh, going to yeah. turn out, and I, I don't mean this is not a slam no, on rough stock it, guys. Hey, we but see it's it. the way it is. The the, the the day of uh, entering and them guys come getting on, it's changed. And it's changed because, hey, I don't blame some of them guys that don't want to have to go get on 100 of them. Right. You know, if they go get on 20 of them and go make their money, so be it. I, I'm, I'm fist pumping for them. The only deal is on that is, like, when you have a young horse that is really good and you're, you're pretty sure it's really good, like, they'll look on the sheets. If there's no scores on them, they're not going to come get on them. Yeah. Mo- it's tough. Most of the time. So that, but bring that's in, the only big bummer on the deal. Bring it in subs, though. I mean, you got to have that quality there because, hey, you're running for, you know, it's $25,000 at a rodeo. you got three of them lying on top of each other. You're going to go figure out where you got the best chance. Well, and, and you know. I don't blame them. I look like here at the, uh, the junior world finals right over here. Yeah. Um, it seems to me like I don't know how we're losing the contestants from – the junior rodeo, and you got tons of kids, and then it just drops off in high school, and then by the time, you know, you're at a pro rodeo, you have a $10,000 at a pro rodeo, and you have three bareback riders. Yeah, well, you see at our rodeo school, I mean, you see a bunch of young kids. We do a rodeo school every year, but they're around Thanksgiving, and you'll see a bunch of kids that'll show up that'll be first-timers, maybe on two or three horses. And then there'll be a big gap in there. And then you'll see a, a group of guys that's college age, and they, you know, and there's a big group of them. But, yeah, I think you're right. But it's a – the Bronc riding deal to us, I don't know. We, we yeah. see it. We, went, we got a place up there in, in North Dakota with the Klings and 
clean boys up there, and they they can get bareback riders. It's unbelievable. House. We go up there right after Cheyenne. We stayed a week up there with them, with our horses out, and uh, they do. They have a pen at their house, and Russ has got plenty of horses for them to get on, and it's like us showing up for baseball. I mean, for baseball practice, and they all show up, and then the Dakotas up there. I mean, them guys, them bronc riders, they flock there at night. At Texas, in Texas where we're at, it's a little bit different culture. I mean, I, and I get it. Them guys up there are tough. Yeah. And I don't care. Hey, I'm a proud Texan, but we ain't tough as them bastards up there. Because I'm telling you, the Dakotas, they're, they're up there, and they're, they're building our next Cowboys. It's just Yeah, like when we go different. up there, they get they can get 12 kids a night to come get on. Yeah. Barebacks for them so they can get Colts, Bucks, stuff like that. Out at the house, oh, we can, we can put 15 Bronc riders together to come get on, but – we might have five bareback riders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think a lot of what, what's the, what is done right. So, let's take Rocker Steiner for – he's the hot subject right now. But I was one of those critical guys. Like, you know, they'd show videos, him, and he would spur the guts out of these. But I was like, oh, man, it's a hopper. Wait till he gets on some big old arm jerk. It's a, wait till he gets on. I'm going to see, you know, yeah. they're building this kid be up the big next. So, oh, my God, let's see. Let's get him on old Benny Butler arm jerker. He got on one last night. Well, yeah. I thought but, he did I, good but last I'm, I'm telling yeah, you, though, this year when uh, when he won Hog, uh, uh, not Ogden, uh, Odessa. 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 Yeah. And that horse bucked, and he spurred him. And I was like, okay. Proved it, you know, and then he yeah. he's obviously done what he's done. But yeah, last night was a little. Last night hey, was take a little. Casey. Casey oh, Phillip be the first last one. Night. Yeah. Casey Phillip be the first one. Tell you he didn't get on his first bareback horse till he's like. Well, and they they, they modeled it, how, yeah. how 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 Louie did it to Casey. Hundred percent. Get his confidence up, his yeah. timing. Get yeah. that done. I've yeah. seen it so many times. Guys just put these kids on colts and they flip over in the chute yeah. or fall on them. They just you crack the egg before the kid even gets his. Confidence. They, they, they preach to these kids at these rodeo schools. You got to keep getting on. You got to get on. You got to get on. And I get it. You got to, but you got to get on the right way. Yeah. And you got to have something there that just ain't gonna go kill you off every time you nod your head. And hey, there's technology out there right now on the these bucket machines. It's 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 pretty for real, just to be able to help these kids out. But what I've seen like with with uh, uh, Champion and him doing his stuff with the workouts. You, you walk into that bareback locker room, there's not a single old school, hate to say it, old school guy in there no more. There's one. The only guy, the only there, guy that one. still even rodeos, I think, is maybe Will Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but the, those guys work out. I mean, they work out, they train, their nutrition. and They are athletes. I've like, never seen anything really evolve like it was yeah. 15 years ago yep. when you can go hang out, and you can still do it. You know, I mean, even throw it down and that last generation of <laughs> Smokey Four, you know, Roy Ford, Ford, you get on there, you know, the, Royce, the Royce and, Ford and, and, uh, and, and Tom McFarlane. Tom McFarlane, Tom McFarlane I was at a uh, we got, quick we got, story. We got Tom McFarlane on a horse uh, at the oh, school. By the way, on Tom McFarlane, yeah, got on a horse at the rodeo. Y'all remember school. Tommy McFarlane? Tommy McFarlane made the NFR three, four times, and he, I saw him. And I did a benefit deal for at the Steiner Ranch for Wes Stevenson, and uh, he's part of the Wolfpack. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Before the rodeo, Tom come up and said hi. And he goes, hey, you want to party? I said, yeah, let's party. And he hands me a shroom. <laughs> and this it? thing yeah. was huge. It was like a portabella. They have a lot of protein in those. I, we, didn't, we got, I was like, I better not. We got uh, a lot of good stories about Tom yeah, at we the can school. Eat. It had to go he almost raw. drowned one time in the pond, fishing in our pond. off of his horse. Oh, and he can't swim. Yeah. 
Fun fact. Hence the drowning portion. Our insurance goes way up during the rodeo school. Especially when Tom comes around. The thanks, so they have a big rodeo school on Thanksgiving weekend, and they get all these great uh, uh, past guys and, yeah. and some and present. Uh, we had seven yeah. world champions this year. and We had 13 guys that made the finals 13 this year. guys, that, yeah, made the finals. So That's rodeo awesome. school is pretty badass. For the, at the rodeo school, too, uh, for y'all that don't know, Reagan is a very talented motorcycle rider. Yes. The Smith Pro Rodeo has their own training facility yep. for motocross, featuring uh, RV hookups, a nutritionist, a physical fitness director. Like, uh, it is the, the place to be at the Smith Ranch for, uh, for motocross training. Yep. Didn't you say, like, some of your motocross guys were going to get on some bucking horses? They, they want to. Uh, they don't really know they'll get killed off. But uh, but it's great though. Like when during the school, they all all the guys at the school they want to go back there because you can hear the motorcycles back there at the track and they're always riding. They all want to go out there and all the guys that are riding they always want to come to the arena. So all the motocross kids they live out there at the RV park obviously and there's yeah. like 22 of them that normally live there and they'll all come down and all hang out down there around the arena. At the Which school, is so. the the dynamic is so funny to me because you got a guy that will get on a motorcycle and just. Jump the son of a bitch 30 foot in the air. 60. 60 foot in the air going 80. fast as possible and is scared to get on a bucking horse. Then you got a guy and that will control put his line. hand into rigging, <laughs> bind that sucker in there, and he gets nervous about riding a motorcycle. Yeah. It's a crossover, though. It's crazy that even at rodeo school, those motocross kids come over. They'll want to get on a steer and they'll want to. We get them kids, like the motocross kids out there, they'll come get on steers and stuff. Like, just. Does everybody get along? Because, I mean, I've always thought, like, the motocross community and the the rough stock guys were a lot alike. You have no idea how close they are. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, adrenaline junkies, like, love it, look at it, touch it, feel it, ride it, and they're just. It's closer than what you think. Well, to switch this topic a little bit, I want to get Jacob involved in this. Jacob Moorhead, our man over here. One of the coolest rodeos that I've been a part of that you produce is the Midnight Rodeo in Lufkin, Texas. Yes. Now, oh. on Rub Chat, we've talked about the Midnight Rodeo, but we've never talked about it with Cody Kidd. The Midnight Rodeo. <laughs> explain uh, it first, and you need to explain it better than I will. They don't. What happens? They don't sell beer. At the Lufkin Rodeo. It's the Lufkin Lions Club benefit. Shout out to all the Lions Club members there. Amen. Now, they and, don't, and Ogden, too. They don't sell beer at the rodeo. However, everybody's for, drunk. Some reason, everybody is just hammer drunk at midnight. After don't the, get it from the Smith Pro Rodeo trailer. No, no. Is it Friday <laughs> no. night? Is Friday night the midnight rodeo? Yeah, Friday night. So, Friday at midnight, they bring in their own stock contractor. They got a guy with a 40-foot gooseneck with bulls and steers and they bring in this for the midnight rodeo and all the drunk lions club members who are not cowboys no businessmen upstanding businessmen these are like lawyers and doctors very upstanding and bankers judges they yeah not rodeo (laughs) judges like drop the gavel judges for more on but before we go to this uh dude with the killer b-shirt come here butler and son t-shirt did you have to pay for that You, you did Here's a free Pete Car T-shirt right there. Okay. <laughs> so here, more, come here. I got you another one. Let me take mine off. No, leave it. <laughs> for more, yeah, you, do you need a night shirt? <laughs> See, night. There we go. There's the. 
So oh. how am I going to talk? <laughs> to turn it over, I will now turn it over to Jacob Moorhead and Cody Kidd to tell you the best stories from Midnight Rodeo, Lufkin, Texas. What, uh, legally, I don't know what we well, can that say. That might be one of those pay-to-play episodes. Oh, uh, raw. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. My, my, my first year there, when I was still getting to know Mathis a little bit, and before I, you know, moved in with him and leech off of him now, the um, – <laughs> The uh, was when uh, when I first met Kirk, and before anybody explained to me who Kirk was, who is Mathis's firstborn child, and Mike Mathis, of course, is pro rodeo announcer. He's fresh off announcing the national finals breakaway roping. Very exciting. Anyway, he's got a son that is a uh, one of the leading plaintiffs attorneys in East Texas. No, no, the state of Texas. The state, yeah. Yeah, A uh, and M grab went to Texas Tech for. Uh, Law school, uh, the pride of the Mathis family there in town, and just, I mean, all world. Good guy, upstanding citizen, all this. First time I ever met him, he was oozing down the front of a, I believe it was red at the time, prefect bucking shoot because muscle is lighter than steel. So, could you tell it from your version, yeah, please, he, Cody, since yeah, you were involved? I'll, I'll, and I was, I'll, I'll speed this up. He broke please. his back. So, we did Buddy Barrel Pickup. It's big in the south. Does anybody know what Buddy Barrel Pickup is out there? No? Yes? Oh, this no, little, little kid, kid does. Little kid does. So, anyways, you got your buddy on the far end on a barrel, and you come hauling ass in the arena. They step off the barrel on your horse, and you haul ass outside the arena. It's pretty simple. Time event. Well, we use the flag horses for the rodeo first. They're all paints. So he gets on it. He goes down there and picks They're up. very smart, intelligent. Well, but the, picks up a very intelligent young lady. <laughs> Who is very well endowed. Yes. And completely sober. <laughs> and action. Uh, picks her off the barrel. They start hauling ass out of the arena. The uh, paint freaks out, <laughs> slings him off. His back hits the back of the buck and shoots and breaks his back. Let, I got to interject <laughs> real quick. So she goes off too, right? Yes, she's fa- Mathis is uh, got a microphone in the in the stands. They go off. Everybody runs to her. Yes, and <laughs> Mathis on the mic. Is anybody gonna go to my baby? <laughs> Which is his son. So that was the first. Sorry. That was the first incident of we broke it back two years later the girl who got slung off broke her back so that's two backs she went back for more we've had a um that's a that's a long week for us yeah we uh we've done a lot of things we had the the bubbles oh yeah the before, big bubbles that everybody you know that bounce off of how um, rank can we get we got to keep it um you can so we had we had the topless oh the topless 100 oh yeah you can tell that I can. I, yeah, I, we. I think we might this is so bad, and I still today think we're. You getting should sued. feel bad. We're getting sued. I still think we still have our attorney on it. Three years ago, or year before COVID, yeah, it'd be three years ago. Yeah, uh, we did a topless race. <laughs> Not my idea. Yes, it was. I coordinated it. <laughs> he doesn't mean a, a uh, convertible either when he says topless. <laughs> so. They start on the tie event in and run the first one and touches the bucket shoots wins the money. Well, the money gets donated. Good word. 
by everybody in the crowd. So we started basically having an auction. Well, when the money got up to like five or six hundred, now all these, um, how do you call it, entries? But yeah, but the, I'm trying to be like here's okay. all the entries started coming down to the arena. Yeah, and they so, all started taking their clothing off. Well, t- yeah, well, but here's the thing: is Cody was auctioneering. God, your mom's gonna hate us. Was auctioneering and and uh, catching bids at the same time. I was having to do and a lot. I don't know if your eyes were open because he just go, oh yeah, there's four hundred, yeah. five hundred. So when it was all said, there is no money actually, and there's well, nobody going yes, yes. He's just upping it, and it gets five hundred. These girls are like, I'm coming. Yeah. So I think we're up to like two thousand dollars <laughs> on paper, not collected. <laughs> on paper. IOUs. IOUs. So they all get down there, and this one lady. God rest her. I mean, I hope that everything worked out because I was scared to death. She's pregnant. <laughs> and she gets in the race. And we're like, man, we're all looking at each other at this point thinking, this is not good. This cannot be good. Your inner person is going, we should stop yeah, this. I'm starting to start to sober up a little bit at this point because I've already been on the stand for Pete one time in a <laughs> lawsuit. I don't want to do it again. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we uh, – we start this race with supposedly $2,000, and this girl that's pregnant needs some shoes for the baby because she is trucking it. <laughs> she is smoking the competition. Like, smoking them. She trips and falls. Bad deal. But she gets up. Everything's fine. For what we've, Everything was good. <laughs> well, this other girl. actually put eyes on the baby? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, she's, she's, she owns the flower shop in town. Everything's okay. good. Yeah. It's a little touch and go there. Anyways. She, the girl that wins it, she's ready to collect her money, right? <laughs> Should she not? Well, we start trying to collect the money. We have $300 to give her. Well, but the kid's fine. But not, <laughs> the, kids. the kid graduated kindergarten this year, yeah. just so, okay. And not to say that you ladies, I'm proud of y'all because y'all team up when y'all are mad. And not only was she mad, but the other 13 that were out there racing realized that they didn't, we didn't have the money. And I'd like to got my ass kicked. Well, out. you run with your boobs out, you're going to want paid. That's just <laughs> I get it. They do it here all the time. They do it here all the time. But it's, uh, it's, that, was a, that was one of the nights. That's, there's been a bunch of great nights. Oh, there's been so, so many great nights and, and so many laughs in the little cinder block room. We did behind yep. the grands, we did topless the sledding one time. Like, we did it with the girls topless, like sledding behind the Kubota yeah. one time. Was, we was might have to get off the topless stuff. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, we and are then a my, very good company, though. If you're my favorite insurance agent. My favorite insurance agent that's had to blow to get his vehicle started for the last fifteen years. <laughs> Hi me. <laughs> when your Hi insurance me. agent, when your insurance agent has to blow in his machine to get it to go home, that's a good insurance agent, folks. This guy, and I thought. Too tall, great NFR pickup man works for Stacy. He was trying to flip this ATV with this guy in the back, and he this guy doesn't weigh more than this beer can, and uh, but will get just drunk. Yeah. If you come to Ogden Pioneer Days, they do not do the midnight rodeo. Yeah, great performance. Do they sell beer at that rodeo though? Yes, they do. That, I think that's the only rodeo that actually in Utah that they actually sells beer. beer. They bring us beer there. Yeah, they bring, the what? They bring, they bring us, beer. us beer there. But they also sell a lot of beer there, yes. Oh, okay. they do Most sales. rodeos in Utah don't. No, weird laws. Yeah. Love you, Utah, but your laws are 
jacked. Yeah, yeah you, you'll sit down to a meal, they you'll not. like have a beer, and you have to order food before they'll serve you your next and beer. And you can't have more than two beers at your table per person. What if you bring I don't know in? how, I just read that. What if you bring them in in your pocket? Well, well, I don't know. I don't, you go to Mormon jail. Olive Garden is against that. But anyway, um, what are the dates of Ogden? I don't know. Start, <laughs> start the 24th of July. That's how he always, Stace always taught me this. Start the 24th of July. That's the last performance because we always end on yep, Pioneer, Pioneer Day. Day. Back yourself off five days. Except on uh, uh, and Sunday. And we do not rodeo on, on Sunday. Sunday. Nope. Nobody does. And we always say we're going to like come up. Or so what we do is slack on Sundays. So if you're wanting to come to Slack and nobody's seen what that 13 hours looks like. If you would like to help with Slack. If you'd like to help. You're welcome. We'll give you a t-shirt. <laughs> a rattle paddle. A rattle paddle. And a free ticket to the Midnight Rodeo in Lufkin. <laughs> and, oh, they do. We can't even talk about what they do at August. But, yeah. Is that uh, Garrett Jurgen? Garrett? Yeah. Jurgen? So, Is he eating? Round of applause for the PRC announcer of the year making his way in. Garrett Yergin, everybody, round of applause. Hey, Garrett, what's Look what, at are you, him eat. what are you eating? Look at him eat. He brings a twenty-two dollar pizza in like here I every day. See, like I can see that. He's what working are, on Cody and Rump status right now. <laughs> so have another one. I'm gonna have another beer. That's fine, but we're. Uh, are we out of time? Yeah, yeah, about there. So, but anyway, um, Ogden Pioneer Days, Roadie the Day. Thank you for their support. We're happy that you guys came down. Happy that you support. Cody called me the other day and. And I was in a meeting, and uh, we just caught up. He's like, no, nah, just catching up, you know. And it was uh, Hey, these two dudes right here are um, super good to us in our sport. They've uh, – hey, y'all don't have to do this. We get it. But you get to tell stories like this. It's something that's – hey, you know other TV commercials trying to make money off of us? And really, that's y'all awesome. Y'all really take – there's a lot more to rodeo than rodeo, like, to its fullest. So yeah. We appreciate that. Sometimes, sometimes we get in trouble for that. But. No, we appreciate, oh, appreciate that. We get we just, sued every other week. We're just uh, – people like, I think – well, obviously, that's why it's just – they like to hear this, this inside stuff that you don't see on the Cowboy Channel and, and you don't see regular. This is, you know, the, what really goes on. Yeah. We'd like to have fun. Thankful for all our sponsors and our – and the fans that show up here, uh, I can't think of a better place to rodeo. Yep. Hey, I'm from Texas. Yep. The road goes on forever, and the party never, never ends. Never. Yep. So you guys not only have that as a slogan, you live by it daily. We have to. And if uh, you get a chance, go to uh, Stay Smith Rodeo. is a well-produced, good stock. They do a great job, and uh, we're good friends. And thanks, guys, for coming down. Thank you, guys, Cody, always. We really go get, appreciate it. Go get some sleep. No, we got Rick. a perf tonight. We got a horse out. <laughs> Reagan, take him to bed. Yeah. Everybody, too, while you're here, if you get a chance to go check out Red River Arena's the official arena of Rub Chat. They're in the building and um, with their new sponsor, Mom and Pop Operation. They really do care about their products, and, and they want you to just, like, rope in your backyard yeah. instead of going somewhere else. Yeah, be sure to check them out, man. They're a great bunch of people at Red River Arena's. And uh, you know what? Gold Buckle Beer, go get you a buckle. Get you a buckle. Get you a beer. Buy you a beer and get boots a beer. Hey, okay. how's your garden? Do you need your lawn mowed? Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Lawn mower 4.0. You can clean your face and your butt. Anywhere there's hair. Anywhere there's hair. Uh, Rub Chat 20 for 20% Thanks, Pete off. Thanks, Pro Rodeo, our uh, sponsor. Uh, who else? 
Oh, Pendleton. Holy Pendleton. Oh, we don't have our bottle because a giant world champion bulldogger took it. I guess we could give away this this slightly used bottle of Pendleton. Yeah, better not. We got some gold buckle beer with Rob. We got some koozies. You want some of that? There's some Pendleton T-shirts down here. They're schmediums. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, take that. Hey, there you go, bud. Have a peak car. Oh, sorry. I got you in your. Yeah, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're fixing to get on this bucket machine, aren't you? Yeah, the bucket machine bull ride's about to well, start. Anyway, uh, two, what do we got tomorrow? I don't know. Tomorrow, Monday, is. Uh, we do have some pretty cool people. Cody Webster. <laughs> Cody Webster will be coming Somebody's over. coming on the show tomorrow. I don't know. Ashley keeps track of it all. I think Cody. I think it's Cody Webster tomorrow. I don't know. Mm. NFR Bullfighter. We have somebody on. Shit. Somebody. Stop by. Yeah, it'll be cool. 1130 Garrett, tomorrow. Garrett will be on Monday. Thanks so. to everybody here in the cinch booth. Buy you some clothes. Get some aut autographs from, uh, let's see, who's over there? Trevor Kasner, the world's oldest bull rider. Um, I can't see anybody else. Buy yeah. your Rub Chat shirt because for every dollar you spend on those T-shirts over there, me and Hambo get. So, yeah, <laughs> buy a t-shirt. Oh, Jesse Brown's over there. Logan Hay, the world's smallest bronc rider, and some other people. So, but anyway, thank you guys. Audio, see you tomorrow.